This is the Team Church Podcast with Kevin Gerald, where we exist to move church forward and have the conversations that every team needs to be having. Team Church, what's up? Welcome back to the Team Church Podcast with Kevin Gerald. My name is Brandon Stewart. So excited you're back today for a continuing conversation that we're having on leadership right here on the podcast with Pastor Kevin. Of course, our goal every month on the podcast is to have a conversation that every team needs to be having. And like last month, we're continuing this month to talk leadership. We're talking straight to every individual on the team, challenging you to go to a new place in your leadership, probably the greatest need we have in the local church in this hour as we rebuild in the post-COVID era. Hey, however you're listening to this today, watching this today, hit the subscribe button, plan to join us the first Tuesday of every month, as well as bonus content uh, that we often um, offer along the way uh, throughout the month. Uh, So today we're just going to jump right back in where we left off last month in this conversation. I pray it will be a blessing to you and your team. Without further ado, here is Pastor Kevin continuing our conversation on growing as a leader. So PK, uh, continuing our conversation on leadership, I think we want to offer our tribe a third thought here um, on this conversation, and that is this. Leaders are responsible for the people who are responsible for the results. Leaders are responsible for the people who are responsible for the results. Can you talk to us about that transition for a minute? So I think that young leaders oftentimes and I'll include myself in this as a young pastor, Brandon, we can be so task-oriented in hitting goals, uh, growing the group, growing the youth department, growing you know the church, um, the children's ministry, whatever it might be, that it's very easy to just see people as as workers and as people who are volunteering and need desperately to get on board with our vision so that we can hit the number. And we forget that being a great leader means being responsible for the people that are responsible for the results, being responsible for making sure that they're good that first of all, just that they're healthy, they're well, and how's things going on in their world. And I'll come back to that in a second. But then secondly, just that they're equipped well. Um, so the, the equipping part to me is really, really important in leadership. When I first started leading, I'll just use this as an example. We had work days at the church, and I'll never forget the work days that we had trying to clean up, trying to get property right for Sunday. And then, you know, we, we didn't have full-time maintenance, so people of the church had to join in, cut the grass, whatever it might be. But I remember coming and then people looking around and going, who's in charge? Like, is there a lawnmower? Is there some weed cutters? Is there... We're supposed to paint that wall, but but where's the paint? And and this this is I'm not making this up. Like this is literally in those early early days, kind of how we started realizing, wow, we've got people who are here, but we haven't shown responsibility to those people to give them what they need 
to do what we've asked them to do and to get the results that we've asked them to get. We do that oftentimes in leadership is that we, we don't equip people. We don't prepare people. We don't get them ready and, and maintain a strength that they're in. And then that part that I wanted to go back is that we don't show oftentimes enough consideration. In COVID, we were filming every week and the only group that got together for our, for our capture of our message every week was our media and sound team. Our tech team came together with me and we were filming the weekend message. We typically did it with our online team on Thursday mornings is when we did it. And I started something just intuitively during that time when we would finish up, I missed people. I missed, you know, hearing how they're doing, what they're, that we would, I, I would, I started calling them in. And I remember the first day I did it, people are like, wow, well, why are we going to the auditorium? Passion wants everybody in the auditorium. What? And I said, come on, everybody, we're whoever you are around the, get, get everyone who's here back in the sound room, back in the TV room, back, just get out here. They all came out and I said, I just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit. And I sat down on the stage and they kind of stood there in a circle. And I said, how are you doing? Is everyone well? Um, How's your family doing? Uh, How about friends? Is there anyone you know that has COVID? Is there anyone in our church or on your team right now? We just want to pray together today. That turned into a ritual and I didn't have to I didn't have to beg anybody to come. I didn't have to announce it. I mean, it just, it became normal because we got into some really great, honest conversations about people who needed prayer and about ourselves and what we struggled with. And then we prayed together. My point is that those people were working hard to get results. It was online. That, that group of people became our lifeline during those few months. That, that team, they were the ones, like our whole message, our whole service, everything was dependent on them and what they were producing and bringing to the table. And I'm not trying to boast in something that I did. I'm trying to say, I don't think I would have done that years ago, intuitively. I, I, I don't think I would have done it instinctively. But when once you realize, like a parent, which we talked about last session, you look at these people and you go, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of them. Like, I want to make sure they're okay. I, I don't want, I don't want anything happening to these guys without me knowing about it and standing with them and standing by them and helping them through whatever they're going through. And I think that is so important for leaders to realize that we are responsible for people who are responsible for the results. The results matter. The results, I'm not trying to take that away from goal-oriented. We ought to be goal-oriented. We have targets that we shoot at. But I think for me and for a lot of leaders like me, we would have done that without being as empathetic and considerate and taking care of the people that are taking care of the results. No, I think you're so right on. And, and I really just appreciate the honesty because I think it's time for us to get honest as the church when it, when it, when it comes to this part of the conversation. I think, Pastor, you're at the root of why 
in churches, we have struggled in this season to re-engage volunteers. I think this is one of the root issues. And if I could just add this for a second, um, we all kind of hit crisis mode last summer, if you will. Churches were shut down, you know, what have you. And I've often wondered about the, the opportunity for offense that people in our churches experience when they were hurting just like we were, or they were confused over 2020 like we were. And the first phone call they got from, from their leader was, hey, can you serve this weekend? rather than, hey, how are you doing? You know, how's your family doing? I've often wondered, um, what did that create if we weren't careful? And I know we didn't, no one would have meant it. No one would have done it intentionally. We just had a job to do. We had to reopen church. We've never done this before. But I've wondered about that. And even so much, you you know, Jesus taught us, to leave the 99 and and go after the one that's Jesus teaching. And as churches, I know we're so desperately trying to get back to the mode of reaching the one. That's what we're called to do. But the problem is the reason we can leave the 99 and go to the one is that the 99 are safe. The 99 are shored up. The 99 are protected and fed for, if you cared for. And um, the problem in 2020 is that, the 99 got injured, you know, the 99 became 66 or 33 or, you know, became something. And so right now we're actually still just trying to shore up the 99 before we can get back to the one. I mean, maybe just respond to some of that a little bit, but I I wonder about um, our, our willingness as leaders to embrace the process of rebuilding that 99 and, and realizing, I guess, um, maybe the part we played in it and and how we can move forward in a healthy way from here. Yeah. I think that this season gives us the opportunity that you're describing that even if some of this fits you, even if you say, wow, I didn't realize it, but I've been so nervous myself as a leader. I've been worried about our church. I've been, that maybe I have been overlooking some of our our team and our volunteers just in terms of empathy and consideration of them and where they're at. Uh, I would just encourage you, rather than feeling guilt, uh, start today where you are and begin now. Like as soon as we hang up, make a call or two send a text out as soon as I I said, hang up, as soon as we get finished uh, today, just start now and, you know, begin to begin to put this into practice because I really believe this is like you said, Brandon, I believe this is really crucial for where we are right now that the church is being solidified. The church's best days are still ahead of us. I believe with all my heart, that we are here for such a time as this. But the one thing that I'm being compelled to realize is that love, it endures all things. And love is present at its best when life is at its worst. 
And so by demonstrating care and consideration right now, you're showing love to the people that are a part of your life and a part of your team. And that will bring healing. It'll bring health. It'll bond us, unite us. And the other will come the time where we become, you know, far reaching again or impactful again at other levels. But let's just start close to home and, and understand that um, this is how we begin again to, to get back what the devil has stolen or is trying to steal uh, out of our lives. Take back your life. <laughs> We've been in that series. Take back your life. It often starts right there. It just starts with, hey, my, my team, my friend, my person that works with me, for me, around me, how are they doing today? So PK, this third point has really just been about the idea that leaders aren't just responsible for the results, they're responsible for the people who are responsible for the results and just what that uh, transition looks like in our hearts, in our lives as leaders, which leads us to our fourth and final point for uh, this series of conversation anyways around leadership. And that is this, leadership is being responsible for creating environments that cultivate and take care of people. Environments, and this is where I want to set you up, environments that cultivate and take care of people. What would you say about that? Yeah, I think it's important um, to think about this for a minute. And I want to go back to the parenting example that we've been using and how parenting is like leadership, is that as a parent, you not only care for your children and feel responsible for them and want to make sure they're healthy and they're well-fed, you also own the cultivating process, which is where you bring guidance, which is where you speak into their life. It, can, it, it involves correction as well. Uh, but it's this dual nature that oftentimes we if if we if we abandon one or the other we don't end up with a developed mature church or teams and so you can't make people do anything um, as, as adults you can't make them do anything you have no control over what people do but we can create environments where people are cultivated in their desire and their ambition that says, I love being in this. People care about each other here. People actually are walking in their purpose here. I want to be in this environment where people are not, they're not just playing around. They mean business. Like we are, we are in the uh, battle for for souls, for eternity, count me in. It's, it's an environment that is fun, but it's also serious. It's an environment where there's joy, but there's also time for tears. There's all of these mixes that goes into the ingredient. And being a leader that creates the environment, just knowing that I'm responsible for an environment where people are cultivated and cared for. So think about this. Um, this is another way you can think about it, is that 
leaders know that you can have a good person and have them in a bad environment and they end up doing bad things. And we also know that you can have a bad person in a good environment and they end up doing good things. You can have people that don't trust and you put them in a good environment and they begin to trust. They may have come from a bad church experience. They get in a good environment, they get in the right environment and they'll start trusting. It's amazing the impact of creating the right environment. It doesn't mean that you don't have to still have conversations. It doesn't mean you still don't have to talk honest, talk with people, but that's part of an environment versus a standalone when you understand the responsibility for creating environment. Now, my wife, Sheila, she is the most, she is the best at understanding and the power of environment. That, that I'm just going to give her the uh, today, like she, she gets the award. She's taught me a lot about environment. And when I say that, there would be people who go, oh, wow, she's a good interior decorator. And maybe she's good, you know, at making the room look nice and the couch matches the chairs and the carpet and the things on the wall. No, 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 no. That, that's just a small part of it. Environment has to do with sound. It has to do with sight. It has to do with smell. It has to do with all of the senses that we have as human beings. So in the morning in our house, like there's just nowhere better, I'm convinced, to wake up than in my house. My house, because my wife, she wants to be up before me to give her a few minutes to set the environment, not just for me, but for us. She wants our home environment to be good in the morning. So she's up and she is setting, getting the music ready. If I am not awake yet, it might be on my alarm or she knows I'm getting up at, at seven o'clock, then boom, she's going to, she's going to have it ready to go at seven o'clock because she wants the music going. She wants the right lights on in the house and hugs come first in the morning. It's like as coffee is making hugs are happening. So, so she, my point is that this, this, she carries this awareness with her. And I, I've come to know the power of environment. I, I'm not expecting that everyone would have that natural ability. I'm just saying that let's work together because part of leadership responsibility is to create an environment that is people getting along with one another. Um, like keep keep the discord out. If you have people of discord in your in your church on your team, you've got to protect the rest of the team from the discord. Get get a protected environment, a safe place. We're responsible to have a safe place. We're responsible to create an environment that is inclusive. People feeling welcome, included. Of course, we're glad that you're here. And of course, we want you on our team. All of those things are what having fun, being lighthearted, enjoying life. And just a moment later, talking about a very real need and coming into prayer 
together in a real sobering, strong way. All of that is what I feel like. Uh, when I talk about leadership, I don't think there's anything more important we can talk about than the responsibility to create an environment yep. that cultivates and takes care of people. So very, very well said. Um, I've heard this thought said a lot of different ways over the years, PK, but people won't do more oftentimes than what they have seen modeled. I mean, part, part of the power of environment is you're teaching your team, this is how we treat people. Do on to them as we have done for you, you know, so to speak. You're, you're modeling a, a care and consideration that you're hoping your entire team will pivot and go show to the people in their care and the people in their their sphere. And I really think that's how we how we change culture, which I think leads me to my final question. And maybe just remind everybody of this because this is so in your wheelhouse. You've helped me with this so much over the years. Talk to us just on the power of culture for a minute and our responsibility. Every single person on the team, we all are culture creators and we carry culture into a room. Uh, we, we set the tone, we set the environment. Would you just take us through that for a minute? Yeah, I think the most uh, incredible thing to remind ourselves all the time is that you already have an environment slash culture. Because a lot of people are like, well, you know, uh, you're talking about creating an environment. I am. But what you need to understand, first of all, is that you have one by design or by default. There's an environment right now in your church. There's an environment in the lobby. There's an environment in the parking lot. There's an environment in the classroom. There's an environment in the auditorium. There's an environment in every meeting. There's an environment slash culture. So we've talked about culture over the years and it being so vital and so important uh, to our you know, to our mission as the church. Jesus said in Matthew 10, he was sending out the 70. And you can go visit it. I won't take the time to go through it verse by verse. But I've talked about this uh, over the years in, in culture teaching sessions is Jesus was a great culture creating leader, the best of all time. And it starts with instructions that are clear. So Jesus said, do not, do not, for example, take any gold. Do not take an extra pair of sandals or an extra coat. He said things that clearly to them as they're getting ready to go, do not do this. And then he would say, do this. Like you go into a city or you go into a town and when you enter into that town, make sure that you give them your blessing. But if they don't receive you, then I want you to shake the dust off your feet. If they're not deserving, then let its peace rest on it and move on, like go to the next town. There were these really clear do's and do nots. And I like to use that because a lot of people wonder, like, are we just getting into something you know, that is commercializing and modernization and contemporary that has no biblical essence. And I want you to understand that the power of environment, the power of culture is based in the do's and the do nots of alignment. And when we get into alignment, 
to where we simply can, without hesitation, say, guys, do not bring your problems and troubles with you as you go, go join the greeting team today at the front doors. Can you set it aside? And can you, can you love the people that are coming to the door with a big, bright smile? Would you please not gather in your own little groups, but would you look for people you don't know? Greet the guests, greet the, you guys can talk later on the phone, your friends, but would you break out of, of that to be with a friend or to be with a, a guest? Those are the do's, those are the do nots. And hey, can we make sure that, that um, when we get together in, in church, that some of you, like, regardless of how you feel in the moment, would you engage, please? Would you just raise your hands and would you do not look around you with this goofy look on your face? You know, I'm trying to help you, but I think you get it today. Leaders, leaders, leaders are so responsible to guard and protect an environment that would bring against an environment that would bring people down, but rather to build and direct and guide and lead an environment that would build people up, cultivate people. And when we do that, good things happen. Absolutely. Well, PK, I want to thank you for a great and rich conversation on leadership. I know I have needed it uh, here at the beginning of the year. And I believe some teams listening would echo that sentiment. And in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to pray over leaders today. But um, before I do, I just want to remind us all that we've been talking leadership and we've been talking transition, and we just pray that you'll give the Lord uh, some space to call you uh, into another place in, in your own life and in your own leadership. And, you know, PK, again, we, I, we started this podcast because I just feel like I've grown so much over the years um, by sitting across the couch from you and hearing you say all these things. So I figured we just put a mic in front of you and let you share it share with all of us. So thanks for a lot of gold today. Uh, would you just, would you just pray over leaders and teams listening today as we close? Yeah, I, I'd love to. Thank you, Father, for every man, every woman, uh, regardless of their age or their role or their past. Uh, God, I just pray for them today. They listen to the podcast and they consider their own life and what they can do to be an influence to be a guide, to be a leader to those that are around them. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would give them confidence in this season. I ask you that you would help them, Lord, to recognize a need that they can meet. And I pray that together you would help all of us, Lord, to make a difference. The world needs direction. The world needs guidance. The world needs people of courage right now who will stand up and point the way on your behalf and on behalf of all that you have in mind for us. So Lord, I, I pray God that you build us as we build the church, unite us as we unite the church, strengthen us as we strengthen the church for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. 
Well, hey, I have to say, uh, I'm really thankful for this conversation. I believe it's been such a vital, necessary one for all of us in this season. So glad that you've been a part. Again, if you haven't listened to part one, why don't you go back and listen to that? I believe it will help you. Uh, Hey, however you're listening to this or watching this today, I want to remind you, hit the subscribe button, leave us a rating, a comment, share the episode with someone, and plan to join us next month, the first Tuesday of the month, as we continue our conversations on the Team Church Podcast. We love you, Team Church. We're standing with you. We're praying for you. Until next time, God bless you. This has been the Team Church Podcast with Kevin Gerald. For more information on conferences and events, check out teamchurchconference.com.